Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. Welcome back, listeners. Today, it's Lauren and Tony, your hosts, and we're going to be talking about parenting styles. This one actually came in through DMs, I think, on my page as a request from one of our listeners to cover parenting styles on an episode. So I put it in our list to get to of all our topics that are upcoming. It's a good request for an episode. It is. And I don't know how much you know about parenting styles. I didn't really know much about parenting styles. There was a TV show here in Australia last year, which was all about parenting styles. They had a psychologist on there and it was really interesting to watch. And they had some just everyday people and they had some like D-list celebrities on there. And I was researching that psychologist when I came across a website, which actually has a quiz, which we'll put onto the show notes if any of our listeners want to do it. But I partook in the quiz. It came up that I'm 4% authoritative, 2.5% authoritarian, and 2.4% permissive in my parenting styles. So I just want to touch on the show that you mentioned real quick. I don't know if it's new, but I just saw a commercial for a show like a couple of weeks ago that talks about parenting styles. And that was like literally my first like introduction. Like I knew there was parenting styles, but I never realized how different all of them were. And then I saw that yeah. and I was like, oh, maybe I should like read up on parenting styles since I'm about to be a bio parent now. So that's my first yeah. introduction to that. And my parenting style is 4% authoritative, 1.1% authoritarian, and 1.6% permissive style. Um, yeah. Which I have to admit, while I was taking the quiz, I don't know that that won't change when in a couple of years when I'm bio-parenting. Yeah. Well, when I did the quiz, it said you can go back in and you can redo it to see how things go. because. I guess I should probably clarify what the four different parenting styles are first right. before we continue on for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. So there's four, which is permissive, which is more child-driven, rarely gives or enforces rules, overindulges child to avoid conflict. Um, authoritative is solves problems together with child, sets clear rules and expectations, open communication and natural consequences, which is what I thought I was going to be when I first read this part. So I wasn't surprised by the quiz results. Yeah. And there's a little snippet that we've got to read out when we finish doing this, which actually explains why you and I are both very authoritative in our parenting styles. Um, The next one here is authoritarian, which is parent driven, sets strict rules and punishment, one way communication with little consideration of child's social, emotional, behavioral needs. The last one is neglectful, which is uninvolved or absent, provides little nurturance or guidance, indifferent to child's social, emotional, and behavioral needs. Yeah. Um, which so doesn't no, really sound like parenting at all. No, but I definitely know that there's a Karen in my life that is definitely a neglectful, permissive parent, like in their style. Right. Um, I wonder if that's more common in blended families because of like the whole Disney dad that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like, I wonder if it's more common than like possibly be. 
it could possibly be. But from what I heard, this particular Karen was always like this even before separation. But what I wanted to read was the note that came up after I did the quiz and it said, Most people score highest on authoritative parenting. This is partly because these parenting behaviours are socially desirable in most cultures, while behaviours on the other dimensions are not. The goal is, with practice, to increase your score as much as possible on the authoritative parenting scale while reducing it on the other two. Also note that this survey does not measure the neglectful parenting style. So it would be good if it measured the neglectful. Well, it might highlight it to a few people out there that are unaware that they are a neglectful parent. Yeah, I wonder why it doesn't. Maybe because they'd probably get sued for telling someone they were a neglectful parent. (laughs) True, maybe. (laughs) So that explains why we both scored 4% in the authoritative. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'm more of an authoritarian and I'm more permissive than what you are. So you're you're doing much better. (laughs) Well, that's what that's what I was saying. I feel like when I'm bio parenting, I think that might change a little bit. And I think my parenting style has changed with my different bio kids. Yeah, I, I I've become more permissive than what I used to be. I definitely see that. I try and I'm a bit more relaxed, I guess. But according to this survey, I'm going about it the wrong way. But I was definitely more of an authoritarian when I was a single mom. Right. And I feel like after being within the blend, that's where the authoritative has come in and I've lost that bit of authoritarian. Right. I mean, especially when you're like brand new to it, you're a single mom, like you don't always know what actually people never know what they're doing. I feel like it's just easy to fall into that. It is. And I think it also goes by how you were raised which is something you and I have talked about before, wanting to change the way that we parent based on how we were parented. Both my parents were very authoritarian. Uh, Yeah, mine too. I think that's where it's, once again, it's one of these things where our generation are trying to change it. And I know this is going to pertain to one of our listener questions, but I, as it's read, I'm very um, authoritative with a little bit of authoritarian and a little bit of permissive in my parenting style whereas my husband is very authoritative authoritarian he's not permissive at all and I guess that's also because he's born in the generation before us oh so he's very much that stricter you do as I say not as I do I'm your parent you listen to me so my my children are getting a whole bunch of different parenting styles from their bio parents and their step parents. Right. Yeah. That's one of the notes that I made is that you could have like in a blended family, you could have four different parenting styles going on with the same one or, or however many kids. And that could be very hard on the kid or like confusing for them. It could be. And my stepsons, from what I've heard from them, because I've said before, I don't have much to do with their stepdad and when I do have anything to do with him, it's nothing to do with the parenting of the boys. But from what I've been told by the boys is that he is very much like their dad, authoritative, authoritarian, whereas Karen's very much the neglectful, permissive one. How does that work out? Like, does he discipline the kids at all? Yeah. It's like what we experienced when he was away and she called my husband to do the disciplining for her rather than doing it. And then when I was on the phone 
to little J the next day and her husband came home, he walked into the bedroom and I was on the phone to him wanting to do the parenting then. Okay. I forgot that he was away when she called you guys to discipline him. And that makes so much more sense. (laughs) It does. That's a shame though, because kids don't really want to be disciplined by their step parents. Like it would, it would be better to come from her. It would, it would be better. And having his father discipline him over a phone, he's just like, yeah, whatever, I hang up and the rules don't apply anyway. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. And I can't talk much on Big K's dad or Karen 2.0 because I just don't feel or see that they do much parenting at all. Even Big K has said that. And he's like, he tries to be more of my friend than my parent. Wow, that's crazy that he notices that so young. He does. And I I still put BK's awareness down to the amount of therapy he's done and being in therapy, it's made him aware of these things, which right. isn't a bad thing really, because no, they're not so. his issues to change. At least right. he understands why it is. And if he wants that parenting aspect, don't go to that side. If you want the friend, go to that side. If you want the parent, come to this side. Yeah. I think that's healthy. Like he's never going to like guess why his dad's doing what he's doing or whatever. He's not going to like struggle to figure it out because he already knows. So now he just knows who to go to for what his needs are. Yeah. He said something to me the other day and he's like, and he's, I laugh. And it's probably going to cause shit if Karen 2.0 is still listening to the podcast. Uh But we were walking home from school and he said to me, he's like, my dad is ridiculous. He is so lazy and he can't even get me to school on time. Oh, that sucks though. <laughs> it does. And he, I said to him, I said, oh, you know, did something happen? He goes, no, he's just lazy. I had to get up. I had to wake him up and I still didn't get to school on time. And then he didn't come watch my performance. He just left. I was like, okay, oh. I'm, I'm sorry about that, mate. Like, I'm sorry you had no one there to watch your performance because I was at home sick with Miss K. So I had tried messaging him to tell him that I wouldn't be there and to wish him luck, but he didn't answer his phone because his phone gets taken off him. So, Wow. That sucks though. That, and because I remember being in school and it's embarrassing to be late. So like that sucks that he can't rely on him. And so every Monday he has to be at school by like 7.30, ready to start strings practice by 7.45. And he's basically like running into the classroom at 7.45. Oh, that sucks. He's technically not late, but he's not early. And he's very much like me where he likes to be early because he doesn't like being late because he gets embarrassed if he's late. And this is something he's passionate about. He doesn't want to get kicked out of the strings program if he's late. Right. (laughs) Because they will do that already sent a letter home going if your child's late blah 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 they will no longer be able to proceed in the strings program that's crazy because his dad put him in that in the first place right yep okay so he knew he was gonna have to get him there a little early (laughs) yeah and i don't see the big deal because he's got to go to work anyway oh yeah and it's no different to when he was utilizing before school care when i was paying for it because he'd just drop him off at before school care at like 6.30 in the morning. So what's the difference? Right. That's really strange. <laughs> now it's an hour later. So it's it's very strange, very confusing. Yeah, that but, must be so frustrating. 
It is. But I wanted to get back to this. So just a little bit more insight into the different parenting styles. And you can get more information if you do the quiz yourself. But just a little bit more was the permissive parent is a parent that tends to avoid confrontation and conflict with their children and setting boundaries and providing limits is potentially provocative. Permissive parents want their children to feel good and figure things out for themselves. As a result, they'll typically be fairly high on warmth and supportiveness, but will be less likely to encourage effective boundary setting and compliance within limits. And the effects that this style of parenting can have on children is that Permissive parents protect their children from the worst outcomes of no limits by remaining warm and nurturing. This is their saving grace, but their reluctance to develop and maintain limits with their children is associated with a range of challenging outcomes. Children raised this way tend to have relatively high self-esteem. Some studies suggest, however, that these children struggle to control their impulses, stay focused, manage their moods, and execute plans. And there was more information, but if our listeners want to find that out, they can go to the website. (laughs) But everything there, when I was reading this, I went, this makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Because as you were just reading that, I was like, I know a few people who are parented like this and they have no like impulse control or like whatever. Yeah. And it's like this, this is little J to a T. And it's so funny because we've got Karen telling us that we need to parent him different because of his autism. It's like, but hang on, you need to parent him different. Mm-hmm. We've already changed our parenting. We've done the courses. We've changed our plan of attack, so to speak, but you're still trying to parent him the same way you've been trying to parent him for the last 10 years and it's not working. Right. <laughs> All of that just explains it. Like he has severe impulse control problems. Do you think that's more um, because of his parenting or because of his autism? I think it's a bit of both. When we get to the authoritative parenting style and read more on that, it actually says that children who are parented this way have reduced risk of internalizing their behaviors. So um, a reduced risk of like depression and anxiety. And they also say that it's also a reduced risk of externalizing behaviors such as conduct disorder, ADHD, violence, aggression. So it kind of makes sense if the permissive one increases the likelihood Mm -hmm. that the authoritative decreases it. Right. And it would explain a lot, whereas we don't have those behaviors in our house. Right. Because we've been wondering for quite some time why we have different behaviors in different houses And this could very well be the fact that we're both more authoritative, whereas she's that permissive, neglectful, figure it out for yourself sort of thing. Right. And see, we're like a little bit different because we're both like more um, of the uh, authoritarian, I think. I keep getting these two mixed up. But yeah, so we're more authoritarian and she's, uh, T's mom is more like authoritative. So, and this is the first time I even considered like, how different those two parenting styles are. And I think you've got what, it the other way around. Are you sure? So, yeah. So the authoritarian is like the smacker that inflicts strict discipline. Whereas oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 So the other He's way like, around. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, regardless, the other way around. <laughs> yeah. I just never realized like the effects of each style of parenting that could have on the kids and 
really interesting. It is really interesting. And that's why I was glad that we were sent this as a topic because it's something that, although it was at the back of my mind after watching that TV show that was on last year, I hadn't put much thought into it. And then I stumbled across this quiz and I was just like, wow, this is just insightful. And I wish I could send it to Karen and go, hey, do you want to do this? Well, it wouldn't even do anything for her since her parenting style isn't even measured on the quiz. Well, one of them is. But But maybe if she measures as zero, she might realize that she needs to make some changes to improve on that. I doubt it. So, yeah, as I was saying that your Karen wouldn't have been authoritative, she would have been more authoritarian because it says here that authoritarian parents tend to focus less on warmth, nurture, and support and more likely to emphasize structure, limits, and discipline and punishment. Yeah. And that's, from what you've told me, that's very much goes in line with that Karen. Oh, yeah. Your Karen, not my Karen. Right, yeah. She's also like military we'll just say um so I feel like that has a lot to do with yeah but even with having those things in your life doesn't mean it has to spill over into your parenting and that's where you you could be more authoritative opposed to authoritarian right they they both have a lot of similarities just the authoritative is a bit more warmth right and a bit more compassionate It says here that children whose parents are authoritarian don't tend to be more compliant and obedient, except when they're being watched. Researchers have found that children raised in this environment, even by well-meaning parents, are at increased likelihood of disruptive, aggressive, defiant, or antisocial behavior. Authoritarian parenting is associated with a greater risk of adolescent risk-taking, alcohol and drug use, delinquent behavior, sexual promiscuity, and more. You and I have both said that we were both raised by authoritarian parents and I can guarantee that like that hit the nail on the head. I was the rebellious child. I rebelled against my parents because. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's like I was a bad kid for sure. And this is how I was parented. And there was four of us and only one out of the four of us got or like wasn't a bad kid, really. (laughs) Like she's very much a rule follower. Used to be. Yeah, used to be. (laughs) When she was a kid. Because I'm the youngest of four and there's a large age gap between my sister and I, I'm not too sure, but I like to think that my sister wasn't a rule follower. I think if anyone was a rule follower, it was probably my oldest brother. I know my brother that's a few years older than me, he was not a rule follower. There was times where I was 13 years old and I was cleaning up his vomit before our parents came home. (laughs) Because my sister would have brought him home because he passed out at a party. Right. That was us. Like, we were very much, like, kids against parents. Like, we all had each other's back, always. And, like, we covered for each other constantly. And my parents, like, hardly ever even knew that we were, like, they thought we were good kids for the most part. We good kids, just up to no good. Yeah. I was the one who was always in trouble, so I looked like the bad kid. I never got caught, so that's what I have going for me. I was good that way. Right. Well, I was, like, bad in school also, like, not doing any of my schoolwork or anything like that. So that's where that got yeah. caught up to me. But they never caught us sneaking out of the house or anything. Yeah, I was lucky to – I flied by the seat of my pants when it came to school. Mm-hmm. Like, But 
I think my parents were too tired to really care by the time I was in year 11 and 12. They were just like, oh, we've done this three times already. Yeah. Like just whatever. Because that's what happened to my youngest brother. Go to work. Yeah. That's pretty much like what happened with my brother. He ended up getting, he's the youngest out of all of us. And he ended up getting um, parented more of like the permissive style because my parents were just like, I don't care. Like, the other three were girls we had to be strict on them and then like by the time they got to him they were like too tired to care about anything I'm worried that that's how my husband's gonna get when it comes to Miss K because he's like he's just turned 46 today and he's just like you know what I'm almost 50 and I have a young child he's like I don't want to keep doing this (laughs) (laughs) because he had children later in life and I get it I get why and I guess that's another reason why I said I never wanted to have children after 30 because I didn't want to be an old mom because I didn't want to be tired like my parents were for me. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like insecurity about being an old mom, like 30 and I'm having my first kid. I'll be 31 by the time I have my first kid. <laughs> I don't think it's the age. It's how mentally you handle it. But I think it was because my mom was 30 she was 30 when she had me and I was turning 30 when I had Miss K. And that's what I was like, I always wanted to be a younger mom because I felt like my mom was just too tired to care by the time I was a teenager, which is the time that I feel like as a girl, I really needed my mom and I didn't have her support or anything. I couldn't turn to her. I don't want that in my daughter. Yeah. That's actually a really good point with this style of parenting. I think is that at least in my um, experience, you lose that connection with your kids. Like I never went to my parents when I actually needed like help with something. No. So it's like you lose that. And I guess that's one reason I'm circling back to when Big J got caught vaping at school. And I said to him, the next time you do something dumb like this, call me so I can help you. Call me so that I know before the school's calling me. Or when you're sneaking out of your mum's house, can you call me if you need to be picked up so I know that you're okay? I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but he said to me one day, he's like, if I go to a party and I'm meant to be at mum's house and I get drunk, and mind you, he's still only 12, but he's in high school. So the realities of high school are all around him. And he goes, would you come pick me up? As a 100% I would pick you up. Yeah. Like, and he's like, even if it's all the way down here, I said, even if it's all the way down there, an hour drive, I would get on the highway and I would drive to you. Yeah. Cause I mean, otherwise you're going to get in some other drunk idiot's car and that's not going to end well. Exactly. And I feel like I was the teenager getting drunk, passing out in random places because I didn't feel like I could call my parents. Yep. Me too. I knew I couldn't call them. I had my first car accident and I wasn't driving my car. And one thing my parents had always yelled at me about was don't drive someone else's car. And I got into a car accident and I didn't call my parents because I was too scared to call them because I was driving someone else's car. Oh, were you underage or were you over 18? I was still only 17, but I had my license. Oh, I'm surprised they didn't call. Like, was there like a police report? No, the police didn't show up. Oh, God. They kind of just drove past and drove off. <laughs> nice. So the, the paramedics showed up. Um, they wanted me to go to hospital, but I was like, I don't want to go to hospital. No, they would definitely call your parents. Yeah. But 
it was scary. I was terrified. I was alone and I felt like I couldn't call my parents. And then when my parents did find out, they're like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you call me? Because you react like this. Exactly. Exactly. That's my experience with that too. It's like, I still don't call them. Like if I'm like, even as an adult, like if I was going through something or whatever, I don't tell them any details of my life. And it's all because of the way we were parented. So like you lose that forever. Absolutely. I have gotten better with my mom as years have gone on and a little bit with my dad, but my dad is still standoffish, like all this drama with my sister because my sister called my dad and ran her mouth to my dad. And I'm like, why can't you just keep shit between us? Like we're, we're the ones in an argument, you know, it's been a year and I haven't spoken to her, but my dad and I have been strained since I had the argument with my sister a year ago. I'm like, oh, you're, really? you've got the shits with me when she's the problem. She attacked me and my parenting and called me a shit mother and said that everything that I'm doing with my Instagram blog, and if she knew about the podcast, then she'd probably say that, you know, I'm doing the wrong thing by doing this. And she doesn't like that I'm airing my dirty laundry and, you know, sharing my experiences to help people. I put it down to the undiagnosed ADHD that makes me an oversharer. But if I can do some good by sharing parts of my life, that's why I do this. Yeah. And like, it's not affecting her at all. No. Well, I got to be careful when I talk about the blended family that I grew up in, because there was a few times in my blog that I mentioned her mom. Didn't name her, but I mentioned her mom and that's what got her nose out of joint to start with. But my brother didn't care. Right. And it was his mom too. Right. Uh, If you're, so your dad's taking her side. Yeah. Does he know that she said all that to you? Him and I haven't spoken about it. Okay. That's hard. Mm. So I've spoken about it with my mom and mom's feels torn because she was the, she was the step parent that raised the children as if they were her own. So she feels torn. But at least she hasn't stopped talking to me. But at the end of the day, if they're going to take my sister's side in is a really petty argument, mind you. Right. It's so petty. And I apologize for what I said, for the fact that it hurt her, but that wasn't good enough. And she hasn't apologized. So. I mean, what else can you do really? That's it. Like she's a 43 year old woman. She needs to grow up. She right. doesn't agree with my parenting style. I don't agree with her parenting style. I never have agreed with her how she parents my niece but I don't say anything because it's not my child right yeah that's uh that's like a huge thing is like at some point even if it's like your husband because it's not your kid if you don't agree on it at some point you just need to step back a little bit absolutely like being in a blended family I could definitely tell my husband if I don't like the way he parents my son but right. I can't really tell him off for the way he parents his sons. Yeah. And I feel like there's like, I don't know, it's like a weird spot because it is still affecting you and your everyday life, how he parents his kids. Absolutely. So that's like where it gets weird, I think, because you should still have somewhat of a say on how your life is being affected. But at the same time, you can't tell someone else how to parent their kid. So it's like a really yes. hard balance. I think... There's a difference between letting your spouse know how their parenting style is affecting your life and how it impacts you opposed to telling them how to parent. Yeah, I think you're definitely right about that. 
And this just circles back to communication is if you're not communicating with your spouse, they're not going to know how things are impacting you. It's like when, when she got real, when we were in the throes of dealing with little Jay's behavior before he was medicated, before anything was getting done and I was ready to throw in the towel, I snapped and I said it the wrong way, but I said it and I can't take it back. And it was either he goes or I go, but you need to figure it out because I'm fucking done. Yeah. And it was that point that my husband realized how badly little Jay's behavior was affecting our household. Yeah. I mean, that's hard though, because you now have to think about your kids, especially little K being so young and how like his outbursts could possibly hurt her, like physically hurt her. So it's like, when you have that in mind, it's a totally different thing. That's it. And it wasn't until my husband heard that from me and then saw little Jay's behavior that he realized, well, hang on, no, something here isn't working. Right. And it was more than just parenting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At least he was able to see that though. Yeah. And he was able to start addressing the problems after he saw the problems. Mm Mm-hmm. We haven't been having the same problems that he's having in his mum's house. And I guess that has a lot to do with the way we're handling it now because we're handling him differently and we're having less of those outbursts. Well, that's good though. Is um, his mom still having the outbursts like that? Yes. So she, he's got school version when he's with her. Big J told us that little J had a meltdown on the plane to the UK wanting to get off the plane halfway through the flight. Oh, no. That must have been horrible for everyone involved. Yeah. And they were flying to Dubai and then Dubai to the UK. So at least Dubai to the UK was a short flight. But that flight, that initial flight, I think it was 19 hours or something. Oh, my God. And he made it about halfway through and he wanted off and he had a meltdown apparently. That is horrible. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how, like... Either the kids, the parents, or anyone else on that flight felt. Yeah. But I think that also comes down to not mentally preparing him. Telling him that the flight's a long flight is different to mentally preparing him for how long the flight is. Mm -hmm. And if he was mentally prepared for how long the flight was, I think he would have handled it a lot better. Probably. I would think so. And I think that goes for any kid. Or any person. That is a long flight. Like, once it gets past, like six hours i'm struggling obviously i don't have a breakdown about it but it's hard to be on a a plane that long yeah well i've never been on a flight longer than i think five hours so i wouldn't know but (laughs) we had to mentally prepare him that he was going to be on the plane for five hours with us and we're like you know you can watch two movies in that time We, like, downloaded movies onto his iPad and we're like, look, you can watch these two movies and then when the second movie's over, we'll be landing in Fiji. So he was fine on our flight. That's a really good way to prepare them for, like, a length of time. Yeah, even if it's not an autistic child, just any child, it's just, you know, go, it's this amount of time so you can watch this many movies. Yeah. And he got to pick the movies that he downloaded. So we sat in there, downloaded the movies onto his iPad because he was really stressing because he'd only been on like one or two hour flights. Mm -hmm. So he was really stressing about being on the plane for five hours when we went to Fiji and that really changed it. But I guess different parenting styles, people think of how to approach these situations. Right. So true. (laughs) So the other thing that I just wanted to touch on before we go to our listener questions was just 
circling back to the authoritative parenting style. Okay. Um, so the website that has the quiz says that authoritative parents achieve the gold standard in parenting. They balance three things, warmth and nurture through love and support, demands through limits, boundaries, and expectations, and support for a child's freedom to make choices. I already read the effects, how it reduces the risk of certain behaviors. Plus our listeners can find it all on the website themselves if they want to look. So that's how the authoritative is different to the authoritarian. Although there are demands, you're still warmth and nurturing and you're giving, you set limits instead of just a hard boundary. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot better too. And I guess that's why I've been like that because we've said it before, kids need rules and they secretly Mm -hmm. want rules. They'll never admit to it. But I also don't want to be my parents when it comes to parenting. And I had a conversation with my brother last weekend and it was the same thing. And he's childless by choice. He's like, I don't want to have kids. I grew up in a shit storm. I don't want to bring children into another shit storm. Like he's like, not happening. And we're talking about the parenting of the kids and everything. And he's like, but you need to be better than mom and dad. And I said, well, I'm trying. So I'm doing like, just because I was parented this way, doesn't mean I want to parent this way, but sometimes you slip up and you fall into old habits and you fall back to what you know. Exactly. Yeah. And what you know is how you were parented. Yeah. It's still a habit that you have to break. Even if you never parented like that yourself, it's still like you were parented like that for so much longer than your parenting, at least when your kids are young. Yeah. And I know this one's not step parenting related, but I was talking to a friend of mine recently and she's really struggling with her, her bio daughter who's 15 and she's like, she's turning 16 this year. And she's like, I don't know how to parent her because I was never parented at this age. I was a mum at this age. So she, from probably the age of 14, her mum wasn't parenting her. She could do whatever she wanted. And ultimately she ended up pregnant. So at the age her daughter is now, she was a mum. She doesn't know how to parent a 15 year old because she was never parented as a 15 year old. Right. Oh my God. I never even thought about that with having kids young. And that's crazy. It is. It's like, how, how can you parent if you don't have a standard of parenting a child at a certain age, how can you parent a child at a certain age? That is such a good point that I had never even considered because I talked to my husband about it. Like my parents were so strict with the girls mostly. And I talked to my husband about it and I was like, we are not going to be those parents that are like, we let his son do whatever he wants. And then we're so strict with like our daughter just because she's a girl. So I'm so, I'm like, my mind is blown right now that to think about not being parented at all and not knowing how to parent. (laughs) Going back to girls being parented stricter than boys, I guess that's one reason why I've rebelled so much. I saw Mm -hmm. what my older brother, not my oldest brother, the one who's a few years older than me, get away with Blue Murder. He got away with so much that I rebelled against my parents. And when they did try and pull me up on it, I go, but he could do it at this age. Why could he do it? And I can't just because I'm a girl doesn't mean anything. And my husband falls into that a lot. He'll go, she won't be doing this and she won't be doing that. And it's like, well, when it comes to that, we're going to have a difference in opinion because she may be three now, but in 10 years time, she'll be the same age as Big J and whatever he can get away with now, she needs to be allowed to get away with. Yeah. And I could see why dads see it differently. 
Like they're just trying to like protect their little girl and stuff, but it does so much like damage to you as a girl. I think that it's just not worth it. And she's going to do it regardless of whether she's allowed to or not. So you might as well have her do it safely. You know about it. And then if something goes wrong, she can call you and you can help her. Absolutely. But boys and girls cannot be parented differently. Especially boys and girls within the same house. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, my brother wasn't older than us. So we didn't see it like as we were going through it. But like as we got older and we saw him like... We were passing out in fields because we weren't allowed or we couldn't call our parents to come help us. And then he's throwing a rager at my parents' house where all these 19-year-olds are getting drunk. And we're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, it's just so different. It's horrible. Yeah, that is a double standard. And what's worse is he would have seen that you couldn't have done any of those things. Yeah. And then he could. Yeah, he did see it because he helped us. Like, if we snuck out, he covered for us. Oh, at least that's good of him. I know. Yeah, that was, like, we're all, like, super close. Like, my oldest sister and my youngest brother, it, the age difference is, like, seven years. So yeah. all four of us were just super tight. Once once my older brother could drive, I could always call him, and he'd cover for me. And I remember there was one time I went to a party and I got stoned for the first time. And he's like, I cannot take you home like this. <laughs> so he was he was good like that. But That's all, all three of my older siblings would argue that they couldn't do the things that I could do. You know, I went to my first concert at 14, but mum and dad always throwback to well did you ask to go to a concert because tony did ask and she paid for it out of her own money from the job that she works my sister would complain that she couldn't go to parties but i could and there's this thing here in australia called schoolies and basically when you finish grade 12 there's a big party on the gold coast here in queensland and you have people travel up from new south wales and victoria they come up the coast and all the Queenslanders go there. And our legal drinking age is 18. But most people, when they graduate high school, they're still only 17. Okay. But it's this big legal party where everyone knows that all the underage kids are drinking and the police monitor it and they have street parties and they have DJs playing and bands playing on the beach and things like that. And my sister argued that she wasn't allowed to go to schoolies, but my brothers and I were allowed to. What, she she still argues it. Well, none of us know if she even asked, but she also graduated high school when she was only 16. Oh. So she was even younger than all of us. Right. But That does kind of make a difference, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but she still argues that point to this day. She's 43 and she cannot let go that my brothers and I all went to schoolies and she couldn't. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> That needs she needs to let that go for herself. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think we should jump through to some listener questions because I'm worried we're gonna run out of time. Uh, so our first listener question is what to do when you and your partner disagree on parenting styles. So he her partner is authoritarian slash authoritative and she's authoritative slash permissive. I'm curious so if there's is, bio kids involved. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think she has bio kids. She's pregnant. Oh, okay. (laughs) So she is pregnant. She is expecting. This is where, like, I feel like I'm more permissive now 
But I think that once I've bio-parented for a few years and I'm starting to like discipline and stuff, I feel like that might go down for me. I think my permissive side has come into play because I'm trying to balance out the authoritarian in me. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to find that balance to be the authoritative parent. But sometimes I'm too permissive and sometimes I'm too authoritarian rather than meeting in the middle and being authoritative. Right. Um, And that's definitely a hard balance. It is. But this is the one that I was talking about before when I said my husband is the authoritarian authoritative and I'm the authoritative permissive type. And communication is definitely key. Do my husband and I always see eye to eye on how we discipline or punish the kids? No, but we don't bring that up in front of the kids. Right. So if one of us dishes out a punishment that the other doesn't agree with, whether we're disciplining bio kids, step kids, our kids, if we disagree, we have a discussion in the bedroom after. There were times where we would bring it up in front of the kids and that was just causing more issues because then the kids knew they could play us. Yeah. So my advice is just it can work, but you need to communicate with your partner and you need to communicate the differences and you need to communicate how you would do it differently and why you'd do it differently. But if it's their kid, you can still explain those things, but you can't expect them to change the way they're going to parent their kid. But it does, I don't know. See, I am already seeing it that my husband parents Miss K differently than the boys. Oh, really? Because she's a girl or because she's the hours baby? I think both. She's daddy's little girl and she can do no wrong. And right. he he still somewhat holds a grudge that he had kids when he didn't want to have kids. Whereas when we had her, he was ready to have kids. Right. I feel like my husband tells me. (laughs) No, I feel like my husband kind of feels the same way. Where it's like, it's just, he's definitely going to parent differently to our ours baby, number one, because she's a girl. And I feel like he's already got like a soft spot for a little girl. And because like now he's actually ready where he wasn't before. Not only that, it's also having the child in the home all the time. True, yeah. Because he, my husband is definitely more stricter on his boys now that we have them more, whereas previously he was only stricter on Big K, who was here most of the time. I could see that for sure. Now as we've gained more custody of the older boys, he's stricter on them. That I mean, it makes sense, I think. Um, but, I mean, But Miss, Miss K is the apple of her daddy's eye and can't do no wrong. Even when I call him going, come get your kid, I've had enough for the day. (laughs) Does he see a different side to her than you do since you're with her all day? Yes, he definitely gets the more loving, caring, wants to cuddle, wants to play. Let's have a tea party, daddy, let me do your hair. Whereas I get the shut up, I hate you, and smack mommy, mommy's naughty. Really, like, she is a demon. And before anyone comes at me, my daughter learned those words from her older brothers. Charming. Yeah, that's definitely um, the challenge with older siblings is they, they teach the younger ones things they shouldn't. Especially when there's no rules in the other house and they can say what they like without right. consequence. So then they come here and thinking they can say what they want without consequence and they end up teaching their sister rude, annoying words. Yeah, that is really, really hard. <laughs> um, I also think with like 
the parenting in ours, maybe at least in our case, we have to walk on eggshells around my stepson because we're like, anything that gets said is going back to the other house or anything that gets done is going back to the other house. Yeah. I'm like, we won't have to do that with ours, baby. So like, it'll just be like a less tense experience. Like, for example, my stepson thinks that anytime we use the pronoun she, we're talking about his mom. And when we say he, that we're talking about him. So I was literally telling him a story of my husband, a story about like one of my old friends. And I was saying she, and I was like, she's being crazy and she's not going to be a good mom or something like crazy like that. And he went back and told his mom that I said that. And I was like, I was not talking about you at all. If I was going to say that about you, I wouldn't say it in front of him. Yeah. So I just thought that was crazy. I didn't actually say she wasn't going to be a good mom. I said something about her parenting is going to be interesting or like something like, yeah, like that, that wasn't like so straightforward, but I was like, not every time we say she, we're not always talking about your mom. We're never talking about your mom actually. So I'm like, (laughs) that's why we come up with code names rather than just using pronouns. Exactly. And we do have code names. (laughs) But that's interesting that he thinks that every time you say he or she, that you're talking about him and her. Yeah. I'm like, that shows that those two are the only people in his entire life that like his whole life revolves around. It feels like. Mm. But it also makes you wonder, is that what he has to listen to in the other house? So if he's with his mom and his grandma all the time and if they're talking about she and he all the time, they're talking about you and your husband. That's true. I honestly didn't think of that. So that could be where he's gotten it from. True. That's a really good point. Because if they're always talking about you and your husband, then it would only be natural for him to think that you're always talking about him and his mom. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That never even crossed my mind. So, And this is just another reason why we don't talk smack about the other parent in front of the kids. Yeah, exactly they are listening they are they listen to everything but that's just horrible was that a recent thing or uh like probably a month ago yeah jeez oh, no wonder karen's gone off the plot oh i know right all right and next listening question was how to unspoil a spoiled brat when she's at your house i don't think that's possible if she's gonna go back so that's something we struggle with is that we change his behaviors while he's here, but the next time he comes over, his behaviors are back to what they were. The biggest thing that we've had to explain to the boys, once again, more custody helps the situation, but we had to remind them that what happens at one house doesn't always go in the other house. The same as when you go to school, the same rules that are at your home do not apply at school and the same rules at school do not apply at home. And when we explain it to the kids that way, it was easier for them to understand that there's different rules in different homes. Right. And I mean, that does make sense, but do you guys struggle when they come back? Um, are Are they still having like the behaviors of the rules from the other house? Absolutely. And we call it re-alphaing. And that's one reason why we transition on a weekend so that we've got the weekend to re-alpha them, get them back into gear. And then we have the rest of the week to be normal, so to speak. We'll be like, uh, there are different rules in different houses. This house has different rules. And he repeats that back to us. So he understands it, but he still tries to play us, which I guess is natural. I, I think it's just an age thing and just be patient and 
hope to hell that they're not being spoiled and brattish because they're being alienated because I feel like it's worse when that happens. Yeah. But I mean, it also could just be a result of permissive parenting at the other house and she is spoiled and allowed to do whatever she wants there. And then it's like a nightmare when she comes to your house and actually has to follow rules. Like I've been there too. And it's hard. Yeah. Our next one is if you don't want to raise our baby, the same as stepkids, how to navigate it. That's hard. It is hard. See, I am lucky that my husband holds a lot of the same values as I do. Yeah, which I think is important. And we didn't have this conversation, but I feel like most people should and do have that conversation before you get married or decide to have kids or whatever of like the basics on how you would parent. Like, I mean, it would like if you know that you don't want to spank your kids, that's probably something that you should talk about before you have kids and stuff like that. So absolutely. I mean, and I feel. Like, because we both had our own kids coming into the relationship for my husband and I, I think it was easier because we got to watch the other parent. parent. Right. That's true. So when we had an ours baby, we already knew what to expect from the other person. Now, parenting styles are very similar. But like I said, he's more authoritarian than me, and I'm that bit more permissive because I'm trying to be less authoritarian. But it, it really is just communication. And this circles back to the first listener question, making sure that you tell your partner things that you like and don't like and things that you want and don't want. Right. And it's like important for both of your values to be like instilled in the kids. So if it's an ours baby, you guys can like compromise on most things, I would say. Absolutely. It is much easier to compromise with an ours baby than it is a bio kid or a step kid. And yeah. Saying that from experience. Yeah. I mean, you can only compromise so much when it's a step kid and it's not your kid at all. But if it's an hours baby, your your say is just as important. So uh, compromise is definitely the way to go, I think. Absolutely. And my husband says it all the time. He has no control over what happens with the boys. Exactly. But he has almost 100% control over what happens with Miss K. And he knows he doesn't have 100% control, but he has more control and more of a say over what happens with her than he does with my son or his sons. He said it before, he technically has zero say when it comes to my son and his ex-wife makes him feel like he has zero say when it comes to the other boys. And something as simple as he really wants to send Miss K to private school. I really couldn't care less. I don't see the benefit of private school. I don't see a difference between private school and public school. But if that's what he really wants to do and he can afford to do it, then I'm going to let him do it because he has not had a say over where any of the kids go to school. Right. And if that brings him peace, I'll let that happen. Right. Yeah, that's totally fair. Okay, so the next one is dealing with opposite standards at each house, co-sleeping versus not, tablets, etc. This was a big one for us. (laughs) Yeah. And I saw a comment in one of the stepmom groups recently as well. So I'd be interested to know if it's the same stepmom, but it was about a three-year-old co-sleeping with bio mum versus not co-sleeping when going to bio dad's house because they also have a four-month-old baby, I think I read. But depending on the age of the child, sometimes co-sleeping can be a normal and natural thing for the child. Like when my husband and I first got together, Big K was three. So he was the same age as Miss K and he would, although he would fall asleep in his own bed, he'd quite often sneak into my bed in the middle of the night the same way Miss K does. Even 
my husband's boys would sneak into our bed, but they were much older. They were, what by the time we moved in here, they were nine and seven and still trying to sneak into our bed. Right. And I had to pull my husband up and I was like, big case four turning five and he's not sneaking into our bed. They've got to stop. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fan big of cut off. You say that now. Yeah. I, so my thing is that like, I, it feels like I'm, don't know if it's me or my husband, what one of us moves too much in our sleep and one of us ends up with no room in the bed and it's usually me. So I'm always like, if we had another person in here, that's not going to go well. But we did go through that with T for years because I'm pretty sure he still gets in his mom's bed every night and he's almost seven now. And um, he tried to do that with us and she made it clear that she didn't want him sleeping in our bed because I'm not the parent. But even if that wasn't the case, it made me a little bit uncomfortable also. So we didn't have him co-sleep with us. And it was like a nightmare every day at three o'clock in the morning that he was like freaking out because he couldn't sleep with his mom. I feel you on that uncomfortable thing as well. And when my husband started having sleepovers when we were dating, I would often wake up and put big K back in his own bed because I felt like he should not be sleeping in bed with me when the person next to me was not his father. And it it did make me uncomfortable when big K would tell me he was sleeping in bed with his dad and his now stepmom when they were first dating. That made me feel uncomfortable, but I also felt like it wasn't my place to say anything as a bio mom. And quite often you'd have a lot of the Karens out there going, you can't do that. But for me, it was like, although it makes me feel uncomfortable, is that me crossing a line? So I never said anything, even though it made me feel uncomfortable. I just worked on trying to get BK to sleep in his own bed. Right. With yeah, me, I mean, that's how you can I, do. And I knew that if he was sleeping in his own bed with me, then he'd be more likely to sleep in his own bed at his dad's. But I also found out he was sleeping in bed with them because he didn't have his own bed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that changed things a lot. But I get it. I get the uncomfortable thing. I get the uncomfortable thing from a bio parent's perspective. And I get the uncomfortable thing as a stepmom's perspective. And that's one reason why I didn't want my stepsons in bed with me. You know, yeah. it makes me feel uncomfortable when, because I don't wear a bra to bed. It makes right. me feel uncomfortable if the boys hug me when I'm in my pajamas already. Because I'm like, oh, I'm not wearing a bra. So I still find that I wear like my nursing singlets a lot because they have like that inbuilt bra in them. Right. And I find that I wear them a lot. And I had a conversation with another stepmom about this where she, her youngest stepson is 13. So basically the same age as Big J. And she, he still likes to give her a cuddle and say goodnight. And she gets awkward and feels uncomfortable for those reasons as well. And I just feel, I know we're a little bit off topic of offering advice to this stepmom, but it, it's awkward for everyone. Um and I'm surprised that the bio mom, unless the bio mom doesn't care if the child's co-sleeping with the stepmom, but as a bio mom, I know it made me feel uncomfortable when my three-year-old was climbing in bed with his dad and stepmom, like new yeah. stepmom. Yeah. It's just like awkward, like for you to think about your kids sleeping with an adult who they don't know that well. Like it just, it would rub me the wrong way too. But even if this stepmom's Karen is not okay with it. If she's co-sleeping at the other house, 
then it's still going to be a problem in their house because it was the same way for us. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it makes it harder. I guess you could compromise with like, I'm trying to encourage Miss K when she climbs into our bed at night. She has one of those like little fold out couches and trying to encourage her that if she needs to come into our room that she sleeps on that instead. Right. Yeah, that's what we had talked about for a while too, but he wasn't interested in that at all. So maybe that's a possibility, have that conversation. Like the tablets, the iPad thing, we actually had the cops called on us because we set up parental controls on the boys' iPads. Mind you, these were iPads purchased by my husband while they were still married. And then she called the cops saying that they were her iPads. And it was all because I put parental controls in place because the boys were searching up inappropriate shit on the internet. Did the cops take that seriously? Yeah, my husband had a phone call basically saying, if you do not call her and give her the the passcode to remove the parental controls, we'll come to your house and arrest you. Oh my God. I would just buy a whole new set. That's like, what these we ones did. are definitely mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. We just gave it back. And then we replaced the phones and everything so that we have full control of the phones and the iPads and especially the phone, because that's with especially Big J. It's with him all the time. So the parental controls will lapse on his 13th birthday. Oh, that's okay. the downside. But at least for now, we've had full, complete parental control to the point that we could remove Safari from his phone. Oh. He can't listen to any music that's um, got swearing or anything explicit. He can't watch videos that are explicit. It's all very monitored. So he has no, like, no real internet access other than the apps that we allow. Oh, okay. And we also have the... It's not. And like Big K's phone set up the exact same way. So it's basically, even though it's an iPhone and he can download apps, he has to ask for parental permission to download an app. So we get a notification on our phones going, Big K's asked to download an app or Big J's asked to download an app. And then we get to look at the app and see if it's appropriate and we can accept it or decline it. But like Big K's phone, he literally has the ability to text, call, FaceTime, and he has kids messenger. That's it. Even though it's an iPhone, that's all he has access to because I've removed all access to everything else. Right. So why did she have a problem with that? That seems really reasonable for a 12-year-old. Well, they were younger at the time. He was still only 10 at the time when we did this. He was 10, um, which means little Jay was eight. And she had a problem with it because we took control of the devices. And she's too naive. You know, we had the issue where Big J was downloading um, Snapchat and TikTok behind our back and using it in a way with no parental controls in place. So we had to kind of give in and go, well, hang on, using these apps at her house. How about we put them on your phone? We'll set them up properly and then put parental controls in place so that we know that you're using these apps safely. Right. Yeah, that's got to be a really hard thing. Yeah. As far as like different parenting styles, when it comes to like phones and stuff like that, that's got to be a whole different challenge. It is. But that's one reason why we've always been that one step ahead because we want to have control of the devices, especially when it comes to the phones. So that's why we had to do that because we don't want the kids at risk. And the thing is that we knew that the boys weren't being safe online. Signs of a toxic parent-child relationship. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that your parenting style always has to do with what makes you a toxic parent. Like, I think you can be a permissive parent and still not be toxic. But 
oftentimes like we deal with that with T's grandma who he is basically like a third parent he spends a lot of time with her she's extremely permissive and she's also extremely toxic but I don't think those things are all always go hand in hand no I don't think the parenting styles always go hand in hand I would definitely have red flags if there's the neglectful parenting type right like what we deal with but on top of that that circles back to like parental alienation and emotional parentification. Yeah, so true. You know, and that's one thing that we've touched on with the voice therapist before was, you know, we knew that there was parental alienation and we knew that there was emotional parentification happening and having them basically say that everything that I was saying was right and I was headed in the right direction made us know what we were working with. But the thing is that without real therapy, it's really hard to try and combat it particular signs of a toxic parent-child relationship would generally be if the parent is using the child for emotional support. Right. Another thing which would probably be more parent, like parenting style focus, which would be if the child sees the parent more as a friend than a parent. Yeah, that's true. Because if the child's doing the parenting, and this is something that Big K is seeing when he's with his dad and he says it quite often, you know, where he has to get up and he has to wake his father up to get him to school on time. And he said to me, he feels like he's having to be a parent to his dad. That's, yeah, that's unfair on a kid. That's no. un- unfair on a kid at any age. No kid should have to parent their parent. Right. Yeah, so. that's definitely a good uh a good sign of it being toxic. I'm curious what this stepmom like is going through or whatever that made her ask this. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Maybe if she listens to this, she can write in and give us more information and we can read it out maybe for a stepmom's anonymous. Oh, yeah. We might have more insight to offer her if we know more about what's going on. Right. Uh, The last one is how to find common ground as a strict stepmom with a partner with few boundaries for stepdaughter. I feel like this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about being a stepmom, you only have so much say. You do, but you still have rules within your home. So you can still make rules, but at the end of the day, you don't have the final say. But I still have rules in my house where, but this is also my husband's rule, no shoes inside the house. The kids have to put their bags away. They have to put their dirty clothes in the dirty clothes basket. The kids have to help the dishes. Um, Big J has to dinner once a fortnight and he has to mow the lawn once a fortnight. The kids have to put all their own clean clothes away. Like I'll wash them, I'll fold them, but they have to put them away. So it depends what you need boundaries on, what you need your partner to back you up on. Right. But one thing I think that I've taken away from just our conversation today is you cannot be an authoritarian step parent. Yeah. That's a really good point. You could be an authoritative step parent, a permissive step parent. I would not recommend being a neglectful step parent, but you can't be an authoritarian step parent because you're not the bio parent. Right. And I just feel that that parenting style is not going to work with stepkids. I completely agree. I feel like depending on the age, stepkids are reluctant to be parented by you at all. So you probably don't want to go like guns blazing with um, authoritarian. Yeah. And look at me with the boys. Like they go through waves of when they want to be parented, when they don't want to be parented. I've had to change the way I parent little Jay to get any sort of relationship back with him. 
And I certainly don't let the way that I parent the boys and my relationship with the boys affect my marriage because my marriage is priority. Yeah. And I don't want the kids, my bio kids, my stepkids, our kid to get in the way of our marriage because we've said this before, at the end of the day, all the kids are going to leave and I'm only going to have my husband left. So that's why my marriage is a priority. But like I would never put my marriage at the expense of my kids. Right. Does that make sense? Which is kind of hypocritical of me because I did, you know, give my husband an ultimatum a while back of, you know, sort your shit out with your kid or I go. Like he goes or I go. So, you know, I did that to him, but that was a pretty severe thing that was happening. Right. That was, you know, trying to protect our daughter and my son. And definitely just from our conversation and reading everything that we've read and listening from our other listeners and just experiences that you can't be the authoritarian right yeah and I mean you can I definitely recommend talking to your partner like we mentioned earlier like trying to find like a compromise if you want to be strict um and I mean your partner having only a couple boundaries is not healthy either probably but there's got to be like some middle ground between those two that you could like have a conversation on and agree on and then adapt as needed Absolutely. And if he only has few boundaries, maybe you can work with him on getting a few extra boundaries closer towards what you would like. I guess this is another one of those questions where without more information, it's kind of hard to offer more insight into it. Definitely. Because I mean, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the Disney dad thing, if he only has her two days or four days a month, whatever it, it is, probably he probably is only going to have few boundaries with her. So um, I think a lot of that also depends on how much time the kids are spending there and like what his relationship is, I guess. So, but there's always room for compromise um, as long as you're Absolutely. both on the same team. Absolutely. And you just brought me back to something. It was actually a comment made on one of our posts So the post that you posted today or yesterday about the Disney dad episode, one of our listeners commented, what about the opposite? Child only gets in trouble on other parents' days. Should you still ruin the very little time you have with them and discipline them when you're not the, when the primary parent isn't? And I guess that goes back to that. If if the primary parent is the permissive one or the neglectful one, then the child's going to look to you for the non-primary parent for the discipline. Right. It's hard. Yeah, that's completely unfair of the primary parent to put on the other parent. Like, if you're only getting every other weekend, you shouldn't have to do the disciplining. You shouldn't. And that's what I said to them. I said, it depends on the severity of what's happened. And you need to use your judgment to whether or not it's something that needs to be disciplined or not. But it is harder when the other parent's being so permissive and they don't want to and they're doing it solely because they want to be the favorite parent. Right. Yeah, that's so unfair. I feel like parenting style should be used uh, when determining custody, I think. Absolutely. Could you imagine if everyone had to take a quiz on what their parenting style was? And I feel like that would be so nice. Whoever was, whoever was more authoritative got more custody. Could you imagine? Right. <laughs> that would be yeah, actually kind of nice. <laughs> Maybe that's one way that family law courts could be revised worldwide. Yeah. How do we uh, start a petition for that? Absolutely. Let's get traction. Yeah. There's a a few pages on TikTok I found that are people that are wanting to take on family court in America and stuff. And I'm like, we need to do this worldwide. 
not just in America. Let's do it worldwide. Yeah, I know. I think people think that that's just like an American thing that the court system is broken, but it's definitely not. Yeah. Child support system is definitely more broken in the US, but it's broken worldwide as well. Right. Like the UK have something similar to what we have here in Australia, and that's still just as broken. Yeah. It sucks. It's totally unfair. All of it's unfair, but that's why we're in this together, right? Exactly. Madison just sent her quiz results to her. Did she? Do you want to read them out? She's a mean stepmom, she said. Oh, I can't get into it. Why is my phone not letting me get into it? Um, Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you can read it. Okay, so we got Madison's results and hers are 4.9% authoritative style, 2.5% authoritarian style, and 1.6% permissive style. I love how she wrote, I'm a mean stepmom. I know. She's like the nicest stepmom. She is. And I think the whole point of it, she's pretty much got it bang on because they say that you want to work your way to a score of five to get to authoritative. So she's 0.1 off. So she's got less work to do than you and I. Yeah. I was wondering what like the highest score was. I didn't even see that when I took it this morning. Yeah. So it was, you want to get bang on five for authoritative and reduce the other two. So definitely not a mean stepmom. She's nicer than you and I. I was going to say, she's the nicest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I think we're out of time again. Yeah, we definitely are. We're a little over time. So yikes. Might be a long episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So once again, thank you for writing in. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you like to listen. And don't forget to leave us a review. Bye. Bye.